<laughs> You're now listening to the Inside Out Podcast with Jimmy Hunt. Get it. Welcome to Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. My job is simple, to improve my mental fitness through any means possible and deconstruct what works, what doesn't, and what I think may be able to help you become mentally fitter. And quite often, it leads me to some pretty interesting people, places, and stories. And today, I'm coming to you from an Airbnb in Mexico City. I have just arrived and reunited with the lovely Libby Grace, who is not on this podcast today. She'll be on the next one when we get home home. So we've got another trip to take on Wednesday from Mexico City to Puerto Escondido, and then we'll be back to our normal lives. And then we'll be recording a whole bunch more podcast episodes for you. So happy days for everyone involved. And so this one, I'm not going to lie, it's pretty much a filler episode for me. It's me trying to get one in under my jet lag and and whilst I'm on holiday with my wife. And so I thought that what I would do is just steal some of my own content. And what that means is I'm going to explain a concept today and I'm going to read uh, some of it from my latest book, Inside Out, and then make up the rest of it, obviously. And I want to talk about the three brains. It's uh, it's just a, a concept that I sort of have that has a little bit of uh, scientific background to it, but it's more a philosophy of mine. And Basically, to understand the concept of inside out, you've got to understand how you make your decisions. This is simple, you say, right? I think about things and then I evaluate the alternatives. I eliminate the ones I don't feel are right and I choose the one I consider that is most appropriate. And ta-da, decision is made. Well, yeah, absolutely. That is how many of us make decisions up there in our brains. But then you start asking questions like, what do I actually know? Well, you know your experiences and all the things that you've learned over your lifetime. You don't know as much as experts, though. You'll admit that. Or in fact a lot of people with more experience than you as well. And then come to think of it, do you genuinely know what you know? Or are the thoughts in your head basically misappropriations, distortions, misremembers, or misunderstandings of what you knew at the original time? In fact, what is this thought? Who is having it? And then, my friends, you end up at the age-old understanding of all meditators of I am not my thoughts, I am the observer of my thoughts. And that's when things get interesting, because if I'm the observer of my thoughts and not my brain, then what am I? 
Well, most people, including scientists, call this consciousness. Some people call it a soul. And whatever you choose to call it, you are the observer of your thoughts. And maybe you can see that now. That is, that you are observing these words being said to you in your head. You can also see it when thoughts that you don't recognize as yours come into your head. I remember the first time I became aware of being the observer of my thoughts and not actually being my thoughts. I was driving west over the Greenhithe Bridge in Auckland at about one in the morning. I don't really remember where I had been or where I was going, but I do remember hearing, drive faster, then just pull your left hand down ridiculously hard on the wheel and crash into the barrier and you'll go go off the bridge and that'll be it. I remember looking at that thought. Where did it come from? Well, yes, I was in a really shitty place at the time, but I didn't consciously make that thought. It just turned up and I looked at it. That thought turned up many times over the following year, and each time I looked at it and, thankfully, killed off that decision. Even when we are using our brains properly, in inverted commas, and making conscious choices, we still, in the grand scheme of things, know nothing. Look, I mean, I don't know if there's any actual science on it, but from my personal experience, I know my brain is only right some of the time. And that, that, name, that, sum, that sum is being pretty damn generous. Yes, we make most of our decisions with our brain. That's the analytical slash cognitive decision making. We are human. We think. And that thinking has gotten us a long way to here, in fact. But as I said before, what got us here will not move us up the mental fitness continuum. And we need to start thinking a little differently. You may assume that you think with your brain. But you also know that there are a few other things that you think with. You know that you think with your heart. This is the emotional or effective decision making. And that that sometimes overrides your mind. And the heart has been labeled by researchers in the new field of neurocardiology as a functional brain. It contains a complex functional an adaptive, intrinsic neural network that has led you on many adventures over your lifetime. And some were good, and some were not so good. Your heart has lied to you. It has been wrong. But overall, your heart has led you in the right direction. Your heart is beautiful, and you have given it to a select few people and purposes that matter to you. And you act differently when deciding with your heart. You do things that you wouldn't normally do. 
you make more time and more sacrifices for these select few people and purposes of substance. Heartfelt decisions are usually well-founded and they usually lead to positive outcomes. Your heart is in the right place, means you have good intentions. Making decisions with your heart works out well most of the time. And that's better than some of the time. You also make gut decisions, which is basically intuition. The enteric neural plexus, which is the fancy name for your gut, consists of approximately 500 million neurons. It is said to be of a similar size and complexity to a cat's brain. Dr. Michael Gershon and his groundbreaking groundbreaking work in the field of neurogastroenterology described the enteric nervous system as the second brain. Gut decisions are made on instinct, in the moment, and with a feeling. Gut decisions can be as simple and evolutionary as walking down a street and feeling like you're in danger, so you start running. And then you see the danger out of the corner of your eye, and you realize you are 100% justified in running, and because you did, you're now safe. Or a gut decision may be as simple as having a feeling. A feeling that you should choose one course of action over another. This gut response can be demonstrated with a simple experiment. When we can't decide with our brain or our heart between two options, you grab a coin and assign each choice a side. Then you flip it high in the air. Your decision can be felt before the coin even lands. And if it does land, and it's the one that you didn't want, then that's the feeling right there. You have a gut feeling that this is the person you should be with forever. You have a gut feeling that you should apply for this job. You have a gut feeling that you should start doing something different. And take a second to stop right now and think of the gut decisions that you've made in your life. Imagine them. Try to re-experience them. How many times were they wrong? Almost never. Now look, I'm, I'm not saying that there is anything wrong with using your brain for thinking, or your heart for that matter. I'm just here to point out the percentages. Our brain is wrong quite often. Our heart, occasionally, and our gut, hardly ever. My mentor, Sally Caldwell, who you can listen to on episode three of this podcast, she has a simple saying, which is, feel your way forward. It's about getting out of your head and into your gut. Feel your way forward. Forward is an exercise in consciousness. 
It's about paying attention to your gut at all times, not just in those one big occasional moments. But now, what is your gut feeling now? Yes, like in this moment right now, but also now in 10 minutes' time, as well as in an hour and an hour after that. Feel your way forward. That's how you make a change from the inside out. The more fearful you are, the more you make your decisions with your mind and try to rationalize everything. The more fearless you are, the more you make decisions with your heart and your gut. We have to understand, though, that this is a process. And like everything else, it takes practice. I've been practicing feel your way forward for about seven years now. And don't get me wrong, I get it wrong (laughs) still. I still spend far too much time up in my head, even though I know the percentages. And I also know when I make the conscious choice to start looking into my gut and making decisions from there, that I make the right ones all the time. But it does take that continual practice because we're so used to being up in our heads. We're so used to society telling us to rationalize everything. And when they say, why did you make that choice? And you're like, I don't know. I just had a feeling they look at you stupid. But the feelings turn out right so often. Because we really, really, really don't know much in the grand scheme of things. And to try and rationalize out every decision doesn't really lead us in the right direction very often. I'm talking about sort of the bigger things. I mean, obviously, we use our brain really good to be able to go, I need to turn left, then right, then right, then left to get to where I need to go. Those decisions, obviously our brain makes those and that's wonderful. I'm talking about the bigger decisions. That fork in the road type decision that lead us to different places. Those are the sorts of things we need to be going more inward in order to find the answers. Feel your way forward. Pretty good little mantra. It's a pretty good little practice. And both Libby and I can attest to it leading us in the right directions many, many, many times. This is my little filler episode from my Airbnb in Mexico City. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you all. 
and I'll see you all again soon. That was Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. See you next time. 